How did you know my name? Because we know you. How do you know me? And you know them, Rick. The people you were talking to today, that was Amy, Jim, Jackie. Lori? You started an episode <laughs> all on your own. Because you weren't saying anything. 
Yeah, because I always start the episodes. And uh, I think we talked about this in season one. I was like, I don't want to always start the episodes. So, Well, too bad. You got to start one every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're talking about Hounded today. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Funny. Um, <laughs> the episode where Rick goes off the deep end, talks to people that aren't there, which is one of the reasons why that's what was played for the opening of this episode, because I think that's I think that's some of the more genuinely unnerving, freaky yeah. shit that The Walking Dead has done, at least in season three, maybe of all the whole series. I agree. Um, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the final appearances of some of our favorite characters from season one who were killed off. Uh, we'll talk about the governor fucking Andrea. <laughs> talk about all that I don't shit. I want to talk about that. <laughs> all right. Well, it's no nut November, so we got to do something. <laughs> you just love that. No. Yeah. If anyone watched SNL, this past SNL from November, what would it be? November, that was November 6th with uh, Kieran, Kiernan Culkin, Kieran Culkin. Uh, featuring Ed Sheeran as the musical guest. They did a great sketch called Canceling Cable, and uh, it was great. All about Spectrum. Uh, Which they, featured No Nut November. Yeah, and we have Spectrum, and so it was, it, it was funny to see like the embodiment of Spectrum. I am Spectrum. <laughs> so anyways, um, it's No Nut November. It's also my birthday month. I turned the big 2-9. Two 2-9. Nine. Two nine. The big 2 Nine. Congrats. You did it. All right, cut that shit out. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. I don't really care about birthdays. I'm done caring about birthdays. Maybe I'll care about my 30th, and then that's it. That's it. And it's all I'm, downhill. And I'm done. <laughs> um, so, yeah, did that. Uh, you got me some cool shit. People got me some cool shit. And, yeah, so that's uh, that's what's going on there. What's new with you while, while I drink some Starbucks? Oh, yeah, me too. That, that is it. I don't do much. I don't do much. Man, these people are thinking you're like the most boring person of all time. I, what do you, what do you want from me? All I do is go to school, work, sleep, eat, repeat. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's fine. So there you go, guys. That's what's going on in Haley's life. <laughs> Uh, and yes, I drink my nitro. Yes, yes. So let's get into this. Why don't we do that? Because you have class in just about an hour. So, oh yeah, we gotta we gotta pump this bad boy out. We gotta we gotta push it out like Lori tried. <laughs> so, Hounded, season three, episode six. Uh, this one is written, if I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna put my coffee down. One second. Okay, this one is written by Scott M. Gimple, if I'm not mistaken. Love his last name. Yes, it is. Written by Scott M. Gimple, who was the showrunner from season four to eight. Seasons four to eight. Uh, Directed by Dan Attias. And its original air date, November 18th, 2012. Um, So yeah, phenomenal episode, as a a lot of these episodes seem to be. uh, well, again, it's just season three is my all-time favorite season, so I'm a little biased, but I really do think this is a uh, incredibly strong episode because it does feature uh, 
one of my favorite things that happens in the show, which is the the phone that that Rick talks into. Yeah. Because I remember when it when it aired, um, you know, having to wait a week or two or whatever it was, I was like, oh man, what if this is like, what if this phone is the start of of something for the group? You know what I mean? Yeah. And hold on, continue without disabling. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> uh, she looked up Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 18 cr- uh, critic reviews for a total of 89%. And it says, although mainly another hour of moving pieces into place, Hounded sees the prison and Woodbury plot lines converge, setting up an exciting collision course for the mid-season break. Yes. Yeah. I'd say this is probably my second favorite episode so far. So far. Yeah, because you got a lot of shit happening here. I mean, although mainly another hour of moving pieces into place, what the hell? Like, I mean, that's, that's what it has to do. I mean, it's a show for Christ's sake. Yeah, it has to move stuff into place. <clears throat> so I hate shit like that. But going back to what you were saying about the phone, did you ever think it was maybe, maybe this is just me being stupid when I first watched it, but. Did you ever think that it was, like, real? That's what I just said. I'm saying... Clearly, you weren't paying attention because you were looking up something. No, I was. I said, what if this is the start of something new for the group? No, I meant, like... Yeah, well, it would have to be real for it to be the start of something new for the group. (laughs) Well, I'm saying... Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, because of, like, the clarity that Rick's delusions gave him, that's still something new for the group because it's, like, a turning of a new leaf you know i meant what if this phone is real and this oh, group that he's oh. talking to is real oh, and they oh, really oh. go to see this no, real no, group no, no. that's not what i meant that's not what i meant like real group yes but i i know i understand what you mean i'm saying like the voices were like it was actually like Lori's spirit talking like it was like some sort of like paranormal type deal going on well we'll get into that because it's uh well we'll we'll, we'll get into that so that's my overall thoughts i really like this episode 89 percent. i would put it into the high 90s so that's oh yeah that's mine go 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 overall thoughts oh oh are you like stupid you are stupid today right (laughs) shut up you're just telling me to go where am i going no i'm saying i this is probably like my second favorite episode so far i think it's very strong like I agree, like, moving shit into place. Like, I feel like that's why it makes it so strong. Because it's like, it nothing feels like filler to me in this episode. It's like, you know, there's momentum. There's a lot of momentum. And, yeah, I mean, there really isn't a dull moment, I think, in this episode. And, you know, keeps you hooked. Mm-hmm. Which is like episodes like these make me like upset almost that we like do one episode at a time and then record and then yeah sometimes like we'll record like multiple like in a given week but like episodes like this make me want to binge yeah like I just want to like god damn I want to watch the next episode yep yep so those are the overall thoughts now getting into favorite scene or moment um my favorite scene is or moment is going to be the moments. Um, so I'm kind of bending the rules here, but the moments anytime we're with Rick and he's on the phone. Those yeah. are the those are my favorite because 
the thing about the phone and here to answer your question is I believe the, 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 the phone is real. Yes, the phone is real, but I take it as he's, he's literally talking to himself. Yeah. He's not hearing anything. Yeah. He's, we're hearing it because it's a show and right. they, and, and they need to somehow make us hear what he's thinking but everything we're hearing is what Rick is internalizing and thinking to himself, I believe. I don't believe he's hearing ghosts. Right. No, there's nothing paranormal going on here. Because and this is one of my gripes with the with the show or with the with the episode. But we'll get into that doesn't make sense when we get there. But um yeah, it's incredibly creepy. It's incredibly unnerving, especially this the one we just played with Lori and if I had to pick a favorite out of all of the people he talks to, it's going to be Lori because, well, one, it's the one that sets him off, you know, the rails in terms of emotions. They even do that great um, technique that they've done in, I think it was started in Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock. And then they, they did it in Jaws and they do it in a, like a bunch of stuff where the, the camera zooms into the character as they pull back the camera. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of. So when Lori goes, uh, or, or, or when Rick realizes that he's talking to Lori, the camera pushes in. It it creates a really creepy effect because... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, the, I, I understand. The technique of what they're doing on set is the camera's here, right? The physical camera's here. They're physically pulling the camera back, and the lens is zooming in at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it creates this distorting effect. It's like, why do I feel like I'm pulling away, yet I'm being pulled yeah. in? Yeah, I and, know what you mean. And they do that a lot on shows or, or movies, like in Jaws, when Brody realizes that there's another shark attack. They do that same thing. Steven Spielberg did that. I believe it started in Vertigo. Anyways, it's really effective here because of what it signifies for Rick. He's, holy shit, I'm talking to Lori, and, and I know who this is, and... I think even in that moment, he realizes that part of what this is is totally false. And then as the conversation goes on, as you heard in the opening of the episode, he totally realizes, okay, this is, I've gone, I've gone too far here. Yeah. Um, and then he hangs the phone up. So it's, it's, it's incredible. I love it. It's incredibly creepy, especially the noises the phone makes as it starts to disconnect and shit. The yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember I started like, I remember when I first watched it, I thought like, like I was thinking about like the paranormal sort of thing because of like, if it was, I remember thinking like if this was like really him, like internalizing, like just going nuts then, like, with her, like, breaking up, like, what would that mean? Like, that he was, like, going back and, like, he was, like, regaining. Yeah, that's him coming back to reality. Snap yeah. back to reality. Whoop, there goes gravity. Whoop. Yes. He pulled an Eminem <laughs> and he snapped back to reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, Actually, let me pull up one of the, because uh, we have it here, and I think in the Last episode, we didn't do too much of pulling up uh, stuff that was played. Like, here's one. Next, yeah, we never had headphones on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we didn't have our headphones on, did we? This one's good. Hello? 
Yes, people who threaten me, who threaten my group. How many people have you killed? Four. Two outsiders who tried to draw on me. One, one threw me to walkers, the other one. He was one of our own. He lost it. Lost what? Who he was. He threatened me. He tried to kill me, so, so I killed him. How'd you lose your wife? How do you know I had a wife? You have a boy and a baby. Tell me how you lost your wife. Going mental. Going mental. <laughs> He's going mental on, on account of the, the phone. phone. <laughs> um, oh, that was weird. So, and that was Jim. So, when I first watched the episode, I don't think it, you know, like, I don't think you really realize. No. As, I absolutely did not. But in hindsight, now that I know who, who does talk on the phone, it's so obvious to me that it is, it's Amy, it's Jim, it's Jackie, and then it's Lori. Yeah. I. It's always weird. I always thought it would have been, like, it, to me, it doesn't. And this happens a lot in the show when they bring back certain characters for flashbacks, for hallucinations, you know, and then you, in hindsight, you go, well, why didn't they bring back that character? Because I thought that character meant more to Rick than the character they brought back. So where I'm going with this is, why didn't they bring back Dale? Yeah. I thought Rick and Dale really got along. Right. More, more so than Amy. Yeah, and Jim. Jim, I understand because he was kind of there for Jim's death. You know what I mean? Like he kind of yeah. helped Jim. Jackie, I understand because of the CDC. Amy? Yeah. Rick barely knew Amy. Right. Why is he hearing Amy? Yeah. It would have made so much more sense for Dale. And that's the thing. It's it, it's like, well, then the show, you know, you know, was, uh, I forget, um, God, Jeffrey DeMunn. Was Jeffrey DeMunn available to do it? You know, shit like that. Yeah, I feel my only sort of, like, explanation for it is, like, because, like, it's been a while since Rick has seen them and, you know, like, they're all the way back in season one, which is however many months, months going on years, a year, yeah. That he, it'd be very easy for him to forget, like, to recognize their voices, which he doesn't recognize their voices. So if it was like Shane, he would have recognized him instantly. Yeah, well, that would have been really cool. Or why didn't yeah Shane pop up? Well, that but but the argument with Shane is Rick doesn't want to remember Shane. So right, Shane wouldn't make too much sense here. Yeah, and I feel like if if Dale like he would recognize his voice. Uh, I feel I like because it wasn't until Lori that he recognized her voice. Yeah. <clears throat> so from a from a story point of view it makes sense but from a character point of view amy to me does not make sense whatsoever mm -hmm. and i guess that ties into that doesn't make sense but whatever that's my favorite scene moments the whole phone thing your turn my favorite moment is actually right after that 
when he, you know, when he goes back to um, the cell block mm-hmm. and he finally holds Judith. Judith. Yeah, that's a sweet moment. It's like I was saying, it's like the turning of a new leaf where like, because, you know, prior to all this, he was like way off the deep end. Even when Laurie was still alive, he was just kind of not himself. And, you know, just when he finally like gets back and he's starting to become more sane, it's like, all right, this is my life now. This is the closest I have to Lori. And, you know, it's a very sweet moment. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't last long because they walk outside and then it leads to him seeing Michonne. He's like, here, hold the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me with Braylon. It's like, I, I, my, for anyone listening, that's my nephew. Uh, I, I love to hold him and then I like, I like to give him back. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, you're so, oh shit, I see something I want. Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's a great moment. Um, I always found that moment funny. Like anytime he comes back from the, from the phone to see the group, there's like a stark difference in how he looks, (laughs) Andrew Lincoln. And two things I think are going on there in reality. What's going on is it's a totally different day of filming, right? Yeah. So he looks different. I guess if you're going to justify it in the story, it's okay. He, he's done his phone stuff. And then as he's going back to the group, he's like, all right, I got to make myself look more presentable. He fixes his hair. Like what I'm saying is his hair looks more fixed. He, lo- <laughs> he looks less sweaty. Yeah. So it's funny. Cause anyways, um, no, it's a, it's, it's a great moment. Um, again, the baby it bothers me because it doesn't look like a newborn baby. It looks like a yeah. fucking it- few months old baby. I think, like, most quote-unquote newborn babies are at least, like, three months old. Ugh. But, yeah, I know it's a big baby. Yeah, I'm saying that. But. Because it's literally supposed to be, what, like, the same day? Or no, the day after? A couple days old. A couple days old? Maybe, like, yeah. What? I'd say so. I mean, like, I'm saying, like, three, four days. Really? I would He's say He's been so. doing this for three, four days? I don't know. Lori dies. Rick goes back into the prison kills all the walkers and then he finds the phone yeah all right yeah you feel like it's been three four days because it's broken up in between episodes but it's like how many runs have they gone on to where like because she's in like a sleeper like a onesie so it's like where did that come as far as i know they only went on one run the one that daryl and what maggie did Uh, i guess so they go on another one here but yeah i guess so um but yeah, it's a great moment. I love it. it. It's it's that's why they play that you know sweet music. It's yeah. it's one of those significant moments. The first time Rick holds his newborn, yeah, or Shane's. Um, <laughs> so those are the favorite. Now the least favorite. My least favorite. Earlier you said there's no filler in this in this episode, and I would beg to differ. But um, it's not a whole lot of filler. But there's a there's a scene where. Daryl and Carl are just walking and talking. Oh. And I don't care for it because... She likes to smoke in bed. Daryl talks about his mom. He likes to smoke in bed. I was playing out with kids in the neighborhood. He was playing out with kids in the neighborhood. They had bikes. They had bikes. 
We heard sirens getting louder. They heard sirens getting loud. Did you see? What it's like it's like I understand this is like you know a nice little character developing scene for Daryl and Carl and their bond to get. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I guess I kind of forgot about that one. And I think what doesn't help is the fact that it's all one take. You know, yeah. it makes it seem longer. And I, I, I remember when this aired, my buddy Mike, because uh, I watched all of season three with my buddy Mike. He was like, what the hell is that? Like, I didn't like that moment. <laughs> like, I remember him saying that. Like, I didn't like that scene of them talking and walking. Yeah. It is cool because it leads to Carl going, I shot my mom. <laughs> it, it was real. But shot my mom. But again, it's like, I just don't like it. Yeah. I just don't like that scene right there. Like, that little scene feels like filler. Yeah. I, I can, And the fact that I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Adds to that. Okay. Your least favorite? Uh, the opening. The opening. The opening where it's Merle and... Cartulio? Cartulio. You don't like that? And then Michonne pops out of the... Uh, specifically, when they see the walkers like all chopped up and later laid out. Oh, go back. Go back. A I biter-gram? Think yeah, I think that's the cheesiest thing ever. Like, really? Michonne laid out walkers to spell... Spider-gram, yo. <laughs> I don't believe this is happening. <laughs> I think that is so cheesy. That's so not Michonne also. Like, to take walkers, kill them. And, and the fact that, I guess this is part of this doesn't make sense. Because of all the places they could have gone in that wooded area, they find this open field where, like, how many of these did she lay out for them to potentially <laughs> find? Eh. It's only what, maybe two. I don't. Three. I don't know, but I'm saying like for them to stumble upon this in this very densely wooded area. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's so cheesy, cheesy. <laughs> I hate it. I don't like the way she pops out because it looks very fake and cartoony. Like, keep watching here. Like we're gonna play the audio. Pig sticker. No, 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 Michonne. <laughs> See how she just like Where, dropped? Yeah, where'd she come from? <laughs> she just dropped completely. Um, but it is pretty graphic. She cuts a fucking dude's head off on yeah. cable television, you know? Pretty yeah. graphic. Um, no, I, I do not like it. You don't like it? No. Her and Merle running around in the woods. Yeah, I don't like it. Do not like it. Bitergram <laughs> cheesy. And then uh, it gave us that great thing where it's, how do you say your last name? Carchulio. I'm going to keep calling you Neil. <laughs> uh, yeah you don't like it no do um, not like it uh we're gonna rearrange things here because i want to talk about that doesn't make sense i think normally we go into mvp but that doesn't make sense okay so a few things right here's mm -hmm. here's the thing where i was said it doesn't make like a lot of sense to me uh where is it getting herschel up on here i think he's a little yeah, there he is right there Right here? Okay, yeah, he hands him the phone. Right here. I got a call. What? Someone called. <laughs> on this phone. Someone called. A woman. She was young. She was part of a group. She said they had a safe place. Okay, so so far, I don't mind, right? Okay, right there. 
I don't like, to me, it doesn't make sense that Herschel picks the phone up and he hears white noise, white noise, like static. Yeah. The phone, even if it's plugged in, there would be no, there would be nothing that would allow it to make that like phones just don't make static when you pick them up and they're not plugged in. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So why is he picking a phone up? And then I understand what it's doing for the audience. It's, it's, it's allowing us to realize there's nothing on this phone. Yeah. But it's stupid because it doesn't make sense. He would pick the phone up and there would be nothing. It would just be... De- nothing. Yeah. It, it, it would be that. It would be this. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be... Yeah. Because even if it's plugged in, there's no... Like, wh- what power source is going... That's true. Into the... Like, is where true. is this... Like, what's the power source here? That is true. Is it a backup power source in the, in the, the generator? prison? generator that to me that's stupid six. to me that to me that doesn't make sense yeah i don't like it yeah that is true i just would have preferred him pick the phone up and we as the audience know he hears nothing yeah like where it's actually just dead silent because i think ultimately what that mean like what that is is they don't trust their viewers enough to know that so huh. they so they go we had to put some we got to put some white noise in there yeah so that dumbos at <laughs> at Dumb. home go oh the phone it, there's nothing on the phone. <laughs> Honey, come over here. You thought there was something on the phone. No, no, no. Look, Herschel can't, can't hear nothing. <laughs> so stupid. Like, come on, AMC. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, that doesn't make sense. Uh, what else doesn't make sense? What I just said about the bitergram. The bitergram. Of all the places in the woods. Well, that's just coinky dink. I can I can measure that up to a clinky dink. Mm. No, you can't. No. Um, no. um, the baby what, still doesn't make sense to me. Um, what I was saying, like, I remember we were watching it. and I said it when Andrea was talking to whoever the fuck on the wall, and oh, the Rosita ripoff. Yeah. She oh looked my like god. Rosita. Yes, I couldn't think of her name. I couldn't think of her name, and I was gonna say something, but I was like, damn, I don't remember her name. Um, and. She has the bow and what two things that don't make sense when she was like, oh, my dad wanted me to go in the Olympics and she can't shoot a walker. That's about 10 feet away. We're shit. And the fact that like when Andrea jumps over the wall to kill said walker, she's like, we're not allowed to go over the wall. What are you doing? Well, how the fuck are you supposed to get your arrows back, bitch? Yeah, you just lose your arrows. Yeah, That's right? It. That's it. They go yeah, away. we're not allowed to go over the wall. Well, then how the fuck you get your arrows? Yep. Where'd they go? Yeah. That didn't make sense. <clears throat> um, um, to me, it didn't make sense why Carol wouldn't have, because I feel like Carol would have known, because Daryl's pretty loud and distinctive and... I'm sure he's grunting a lot. Like yeah. Carol probably knew that Daryl was on the other side of the door. And why is she just barely kicking it open? Like, why aren't you going, Daryl? Daryl. I could like, I can only attribute on. that to her being weak. Oh, if you're weak. Come on, she's a survivor. You she has to survive. You have to I guess. You know what I mean? Like I guess. For, how long like how long was was what, were they sitting there just she was kicking the door. He was kicking the door back, <laughs> hitting the fucking knife against the wall and ground, dulling it out. And yeah, dulling. I said that. <sighs> it's like, yeah, ugh, I don't like that. Yeah, 
And again, it was just for the story of him thinking, all right, the walker, I'm going to open the door, I'm about to kill. Oh, it's Carol. Yeah, we're, and why did he, well, why did he decide to sit in front of that door anyway? Well, because he found the knife oh. from Carol, right, in that, in that walker, in that really cool moment where yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He pulls it out, squirts. He probably thought that was Carol as a walker. No, he didn't think that. Uh, that was clearly a fat, fuck, white no, trash guy. No, no, no. I'm saying like behind the door because he oh, found her knife. I don't think he was. I, no, I don't think he thought it was Carol. I think he thought it was just. Well, it, it, it's they the zombie. Carol ap- was dead. It's the zombie apocalypse. There's not a whole lot to do. So Daryl's going to find her knife and then he's going to sit on the floor. He's going to keep hitting it, thinking about, you know where he went wrong, what he could have done better to keep her safe, shit like that. But they did assume Carol was dead. Maybe. And then he opens the door. He's like, fuck this. I got to do something. I'm losing my mind here. And then it's Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything at Woodbury didn't make sense? I don't think so. Yeah, they fuck. That's cool. <laughs> awesome. I do like that it cuts from the scene with Rick that we played where Lori is talking yeah. to him and it cuts <laughs> to, to them fucking. fucking. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so on one hand, you have a guy who's lonely, depressed, Losing grieving, grieving for his wife. And then on the total opposite end of the spectrum, you have this guy who basically just met Andrea and now is fucking her. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't think anything else did it make sense. Yeah. Who is Thou's MVP? I don't have one. Oh, come on. I don't have one. I've been thinking about it. Uh, I don't have one. Are you saying you do? An MVP, the most valuable player of the episode. Yeah. They don't I'd, have to do a whole lot. They just, I'm, someone I'd, that you really thought was a standout of the episode. Nobody. Nobody, really. Okay, well, I'm going to say Michonne because um, two things. One, she does her great biter gram. Okay, that's <laughs> oh. that's just clever. Go back. Um, honorable mention, Gartulio, for figuring that out. <laughs> Um, but she does the biter gram, and then at the end, she brings the powdered formula. Yeah, I guess for, so. For old Judy. Yeah. Judge Judy. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So Michonne's the MVP. And she kind of, you know, saw what happened with Merle and uh, Glenn and Maggie, so she has intel, and she knows yeah. she's going to... Yeah. And I mean, I guess she figured out, like, the being covered in walker guts makes you basically <clears throat> invisible. Yeah. So she's very, like, she's on point in this episode. Yeah, all right. Is that your MVP? Uh, yeah, I'll take that one. You'll steal that one. Yeah, I'll steal it. Um, And then finally, the fist pump moment. Uh, Funny you bring up Michonne, because my fist pump moment was the end, when she does, when she brings the basket. I remember, I remembered that, of this whole episode, like, that was one thing that, I remember it after not having seen it for who knows how long ago. Because that's what brings the two together. That's what brings everything's coming into place. Yep. Yeah, finally the two, you know, the A and B plot are colliding. Yeah. Points to Rick for actually, like, spotting the red basket (laughs) from that far away. Yeah. What a walker just... Couldn't happen to be carrying a basket. <laughs> yep. No, I love that moment. Love that moment. And, yeah, I guess points to Michonne for, like, listening because Glenn was like, yeah, the prison's just a straight back from here. Points to her for actually picking that up 
and then knowing, like, figuring out what direction they came from mm-hmm. and then following it. Points to her. Points to her. Oh, yeah. Um, M- or MVP. Fist pump moment. What made me f- want to pump my fist into the air? See, you didn't have an MVP, and I'm struggling on the fist pump moment. You didn't think of the ending? Eh, the ending is cool. Uh, it's not something that's like, it's just like, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, um, that, whoa, finally, yes. I'm and the gonna... fact that her walker guts, like, I think Rick is realizing that, like, I would think if I were Rick, uh, this is a smart person. Like, I would I would trust her because of the basket. It was one thing. But she's smart because she realizes that the walker guts make her invisible. And yeah. they figured that out two seasons ago. Yep. I guess the fist bump moment would be the thing I just said that is annoying to me and whatever. When they when D- uh, Daryl opens the door and sees that it's Carol. It's a cool moment. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, shitting on the moment. I'm just saying, to me, it doesn't make sense why Carol wouldn't have, like, been like, help. Yeah. Help. But it's a cool moment. It sets it up great, and then he opens the door, and there's there's Carol. And then I like how he, like, rubs her chin or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the fist pump moment in this one. Uh, Brownie points to the governor for, you know, slamming. <laughs> um, yeah. I, honestly, like, as huge of a part as Carol is now, I forgot that she was gone. Yeah, that is funny. I think as the episode was going on, you're like, oh, they're still looking for her, aren't they? Yeah, I completely forgot. Because, I mean, nobody's brought her up. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, not a fist bump moment, but just I love the part where the governor is in his room and Andrea walks in and you could see him doing the stupid fucking tally marks. Yeah. He's doing some important work. Thank you for bringing that up because I was thinking to myself, it is funny how when you see something after the fact, so when you see that the first time and Michonne's looking at it and you see all those slash marks, your mind instantly goes to thinking, oh, wow, this guy's like gone off the... the, He's nuts. He's nuts. He's crazy. Like all that shit, right? It's it's very creepy. It's like, God, like how long does this go on for? When you see it in the moment... No play makes Jack a doll boy. Yeah. When you see it in the moment, right, with no creepy music or anything, you realize it's maybe just like a meditation kind of thing. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's just a way to keep busy. You yeah. Know? He has nothing to do. So he goes up to his office and he opens a book and he tallies. Yeah. Like, it's not like him, like, frantically doing tally marks. It's just yeah, he's he, leaning on his hand, yeah. casually just tick, tick. Yeah. Tick. It's the same as, like, drawing or something. Yeah. But it is funny how those, because when you first see it, you're like, oh, man, this guy's this guy's nuts. And then you see him actually doing it and it's like, oh, he's just... Maybe he's just calming himself down. Maybe he's bored. Yeah. It is funny how, you know, it's all about, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I like that. So uh, that's a cool moment. Um, yeah, that's hounded. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. That's what the episode should have been called. But it is a whole lot of, because I was like, why is it called hounded? It is a whole lot of hounding. There's a lot of hounding going on. People are being hounded left and right. So Gar Julio's being hounded by Merle. Merle's being hounded by Michonne. Uh, Rick is being hounded by people calling. Yeah. Uh, uh, the governor's being hounded by Merle because he's trying to fuck Andrea. And here comes Merle. There's a lot of hounding going on. Yeah. Yes. That I don't know uh, any other reason why it would be called hounded. <laughs> There's a lot of hounding going on. Merle hounds on 
The more Glenn, you say it, the less it sounds like a word. Hound. Hound. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Uh, let's see. I don't think we read some of the reviews. So let's read some of the reviews, see what people like, don't like. Uh, our good friend Tom Fitzgerald, another great episode in a string of them, and it's setting up the major theme of the books. The danger in this world is not found in shuffling undead. It's the living and their competing desires and needs. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick, with only two episodes left in this half of the season, all the ducks are in a row for an extremely tense showdown, and we've never, oh, and we've never been bigger fans, more excited to see how it plays out. Uh, this comes from Randy something. It's about time this show grew up a bit, and at least through six episodes, we're starting to see it hit a groove. Grow up. <laughs> Ooh, read the bad one. Yeah, here's a bad one. This comes from Starly Keen. Kine. After keeping a steadily escalating pace all season, Walking Dead decided to take a moment to let its protagonist go crazy. The result is an episode that felt mostly like it was just killing time. Oh, shut up. And you're a top critic. Get out of here. Um, and that's that. Uh, there's not a whole lot of bad reviews on this one. Let's see. But then how is it an 89? Yeah, there had to be at least two. Um, let's see. Oh, there's another one. Uh, of course, freaking Rotten Tomatoes and wanting me to get rid of my ad blocker. When The Walking Dead slows down... Come on, let me read it. When The Walking Dead slows down, that's when the wheels tend to come off. Uh, oh, that's basically what it's saying. When The Walking Dead slows down, that's when the wheels tend to come off the Hyundai. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, well, it's a, it's part of a, it's part of a, like a big review, and they take a snippet. So you can click the full review and get the whole thing. Like no. that, that right there doesn't make sense to me. When the Walking Dead slows down, that's when the wheels tend to come off the Hyundai. Maybe because they drive a Hyundai. Um, no. And then we'll end on one good one. Uh, let's see here. It's definitely time to start mixing and matching the two storylines, especially since when. Oh, especially since what's been happening and the prison has so far been more compelling than the action over in Woodbury. Especially since what's been happening at the prison has so far been more compelling than the action over in Woodbury. Yes. Gotcha. There we go. Yes. Yeah. It's a great episode. It leads to uh, leads to some good shit. Uh, next episode, right? Because mm-hmm. that's well, no. Next episode is not the mid season. There's no. 16 episodes, so it would be episode eight, eight is the mid season. But yeah, there's two episodes left, and I think uh, yeah, next episode is when he loses his eye, right? The governor. Mayhaps. Or is that I the, don't remember. Or is that the mid-season? I would imagine that'd be the mid-season, but I could be wrong. Either way, he's about to lose his eye, and it's great. <laughs> so that is, <laughs> that is that, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us. Oh, and also the last thing before, uh, where's my phone? Oh. Uh, because we have a um, uh, our trusty friend, Cece Cola, decided to answer another one of our uh, polls. Aww. So hopefully I can get to it before my phone dies. At 8%. 8%. <clears throat> Let's pull it up here. This was on last week's episode, Say the Word, I believe it was called. So we're going to go over here. We're going to go to podcast. Go to Don't Dead Open Inside. And yes, it was called Say the Word. And our question was, 
who is your MVP this episode? CC Cola wrote, my MVP is Michonne because this is the episode she really starts to figure out that the governor isn't who he says he is. P.S. Happy Halloween. Aw, thanks. We read it a little late, <laughs> but uh, happy Halloween right back at you. Hope everybody had a good Halloween. It does feel weird just you know now that we're doing, now that we're out of that. Uh, it, like it always feels weird when the show even keeps going on because it is a horror show and now we're into yeah. the holiday season. It's the holiday season. Uh, so it feels weird to do a horror thing. Yeah. But whatever. Halloween all year round for me. Yeah. Um, so that is that. Thank you so much. If you want to do what CC Cola did, you go on to Spotify and we'll always have a poll or a question on each individual episode. It has to be on the app though. And uh, you can leave or vote in... Uh, in that so that's cool so leave a leave a remark i meant um so do that stuff do all the stuff you do with podcasts please and uh until we talk to yeah. you guys next until we talk to you guys next time bring your own oh, oh, bring your own pants <laughs> let's try that again you you normally say like next time in between time oh no i'm, I'm done with that oh whatever yeah here we go let's see if we can not butcher our, our own <laughs> And until we talk to you guys next time, bring, bring your, your own, own pants. pants. Got a smart thing to end on this one? No, I think there's really a pants on this one. Smart Alec. Oh, oh, the governor, Andrea, didn't have pants on. <laughs> <laughs>